Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Christmas is right around the corner. Are you feeling rested? If you're not, we're going to help you out with that a little bit today on Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy from The Church Next Door. Pastor Doyle Jackson's with me as always. How are you, Pastor Doyle? It's good to be here. You know, I I think we assume Christmas as December the 25th. Right. But there's a whole bunch of Christians around the world that... Uh, still go by it's the Julian calendar, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't really happen till January. Yes. And so, uh, if you live in Russia, let's say, or if you live in uh, the Middle East, and and you're under the Orthodox Church, you know, you you're not celebrating for quite some time, and. I, I don't have a problem with that. How do you feel about that? I, I like that tradition. That's not the the way we do it. That's not yeah. the tradition we follow. But I do know people whose Christmas starts on December 25th and ends on, I believe, January 5th. Is, oh, wow. Is, those are the 12 days of Christmas. I did not know that. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for presents, so I, I'm good with that. But th- this week, what we want to talk about is Christmas time is a time for rest, and I think a lot of us look forward to the little bit of rest that we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work all the time. You know, those of us that uh, still have to show up and we don't Zoom to work. I'm not saying that if you Zoom to work, you're not working. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying those of us that still do the drive every day and whatnot, uh, I think that we look forward to the rest. Well, good morning, church. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's right. We're in the season. If you're not aware of that, uh, we are celebrating Christ, His birth. And uh, today I want to do something a little bit special. And so I asked my wife, Jennifer, if she would join me. So if you would, just welcome her. Put your hands together and welcome Jennifer. Uh, she is real. For some of you who didn't know that, that this is my wife, this is her. Um, you know, before we dive into the lesson today, I just wanted to tell you what a great church you are and what's, what God has been doing. You, you know, if you talk to somebody and they say, you know, I want to be a part of a place that is, is really making a difference. I want to be a part of a place that adds value to me and encourages my life. You need to invite them to the church next door. And, and this is why I say that. We have had an amazing year. We've actually had an amazing two years, and it's because of you. It's because of your faith in God, your belief in God, your love, your generosity, your consistency. There's just been so many wonderful things. You know, in February of 2020, the whole world was shaken. All right. The whole world was shaken. And we said, we're going to lean in to sharing Jesus. We're going to lean in to just being the church next door. We're not going to back off. We're going to be who we've always been. And we said, we're going to find a way to share the love of Jesus and, and, and just to do all that, that God's called us to do in the midst of that. And, and we've done it. And you've been generous. You've volunteered. You've shown up. So this weekend, 
We're starting our Christmas series, and we've called our Christmas series Christmas Time. All right? And, and we know that, that Christmas time is, is this time that we have all these imaginations and different things about our life. And, and so we want to just encourage you over the next few weeks. This weekend, we're going to talk about rest. Yay. I don't believe <laughs> that you can truly experience the peace and joy that God intended you to have unless you're rested. And so we're going to unpack that today. All right. Secondly, next weekend, we're going to talk about relationships. You know, Christmas is really about relationships. It's about a relationship with God and how he stepped in to have a relationship with us so that we can have a relationship with others, okay? And then the next weekend, we're going to talk about restoration, how the reason Jesus came was to restore our relationship to God and help us restore our relationship with others. And then finally, at our, uh, we have six candlelight services, all right? That's six. I know the difference, all right? <laughs> six candlelight services, two on the eve of Christmas Eve and four on Christmas Eve. And each one of those, we're going to talk about renewal because we really believe that God wants to renew us. So to get to, to dive in, one of the things that we know about Christmas is Christmas can be exhausting. You have school obligations if you're a parent. If you're uh, work, they have all these different things that they're expecting of you. And COVID has only made it more difficult, right? Are we going to have a Zoom party? Are we going to do something else? Or, you know, we have all these crazy ways of, of getting around it. Jennifer and I have been married for 30 years. And during that time, we were 10 when we got married. <laughs> I just want to be clear. We grew up in Tennessee. Don't lie and, in church. And marriage, <laughs> marriage is an early thing. That's all I'm saying. All right. But during that time, we've always been in ministry. And one of the things about church life is church life doesn't back off between Thanksgiving and, and, and New Year's. It picks up, at least the churches we've been a part of, because during that time, we find ways to prepare boxes for Operation Christmas Child. We're checking on people to make sure that, that they have all that they need so that nobody gets left behind in the middle of all that. So you've been helping. You've been bringing coats. You've been bringing food. This week, I've, I've helped different people at different times. They've showed up. I mean, one lady, she showed up with an armload of coats out of the back of her car. I was so impressed. I was like, wow. You know, they just said, we just want to really do. God's blessed us, and we want to we share with some other people. And that's the attitude you have. Well, what it's meant for us is, as a family, we've always been busier during this time. And so there's a temptation in the busyness to think, how can I really enjoy God? How can I really experience all that he has for him? And we've learned some things over the years, and, and we want to kind of share from that experience and from God's word today, because we really believe if you'll open the door to peace and joy that only God can provide as you rest in him, you will have a much better life. So let me begin by asking you a question. Do you have a vision for Christmas? Do you have a vision for what rest and peace and joy would look like in your life. Recently, we watched Clark Griswold, an American Christmas vacation, okay? And, and clearly, Clark had a vision for Christmas, didn't he? Now, he was constantly running into obstacles to that vision. And that's why the movie's so funny, because you may have family members like some of his family. <laughs> you, you may be that family member, I don't know, you know? I probably am. I'm pretty sure of that, you know. I, I, I've thought about wrapping a cat for somebody. It just seems like a fun gift, you know. 
My point is, what is your vision? Now, when I'm reading the scripture, David had a vision for what peace could look like in the midst of a turbulent life. And when you think about David's life, it's a, it's a pretty phenomenal life, but it, it was not one without turmoil. I mean, it, it, you think you have trouble with your uh, in-laws? I mean, his father-in-law tried to kill him. I mean, he shows up to dinner and the man throws a spear at him. I know that your, your Thanksgiving wasn't that bad, all right? It's, the reason I say that is David had an imagination of how God could give him peace, and he learned it as a young man. Working in his father's fields as a shepherd, he learned to watch how God works in the everyday life. And, and when David was in the midst of battle, or when David was in the midst of the court intrigue of the palace, when he had difficult things going on in his life, he looked to God, and he sang to God, and he sought God, and God is the one that spoke to him. God is the one that ministered to him, and God is the one that gave him the vision and the strength to be the leader, the godly man that he needed to be for a whole nation to flourish. Now, what would happen to a nation if there were a group of godly men and women who sought the Lord the way David did? Think of the impact that we could have how that could change our community, change our families. And that's what we're seeking, okay? So David, in the midst of one of his trying times, he just shared how he dealt with this need for peace. And it's just one verse. It's from Psalm 55, 6. He said, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Now, what David tells us in this this, this really brief thing was, man, my day is not going well. But if I were a dove, I know exactly what I would do. He said, I would fly away from the midst of this chaos, and I would go sit in the cleft of the rock where I know that God, my Father in heaven, would take care of me. Now, it's interesting to me that in Scripture that the the whole concept of a dove is always connected up to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is the one that, that brings us peace. You realize that the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one that, that drew you unto God. So you recognize that there was something that was not right inside of you. So you cried out to God and said, oh God, I need a savior because I can't rescue myself from the folly, from the destruction, from the foolishness that I've created in my own life. And what David knew was in those times of stress, if he would just cry out to God, if he would just imagine himself flying away, separating himself from the circumstances that he was in, and relying totally on God to meet his need. That's what I want to challenge you to begin to imagine, that the stress that comes from the world in which we live can only be met by the one who created you, but you have to imagine, well, if I would just fly away like a dove and rest in Jesus, that's what I need today. That's what you need. That's what I need. That's what we all need. We all need rest. Absolutely. I like this verse in Isaiah 55 because it's God's invitation to come to him. When Doyle brought this, put this verse in here this week, I was blown away for two reasons. One, I had asked the Lord at the beginning of the week, what is the prayer for the church this weekend? And I felt like he said to me that they would be hungry and thirsty and that they would just come. And so I prayed that all week for you. And then when Doyle showed me this outline, I'm like, look at that. 
And then, so that's one reason why I like this verse. And then the other reason is when my father-in-law had a heart attack, it's been, I don't know, six years ago, he was in Israel. And when we got the call, we couldn't do anything. I mean, he was in Israel. He was going to have to have surgery. I went outside to pray. And this verse is the one that came to mind. And it seems, you know, like an oxymoron, but I'm like, that is the verse I sang and I prayed the whole time, for like a day. So it's a very special verse to me. And it says, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. And you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the fields will clap their hands. I know God gave me that verse for daddy that he would Go out in joy, be led forth in peace. And we've had those extra years with him. And I know that God will give you a verse because there is rest in his word. That is one place that you find rest. I had a friend call me this week and she gave me a verse. And it's one I've read how many times? But because she called and gave it to me, I looked it up, I studied it, I read it, and it brought me so much rest I was so encouraged by that verse. And so you can do that for one another. You can do that for yourself. And when you hit that hard place, even even just this morning, I heard of someone that lost their brother. Yesterday, we went to someone's funeral for their brother. You know, you hit these hard places when you get that call. But that word of God is going to come to you and it's going to give you rest. The reason I like this passage in Isaiah is it, it paints the picture of joy and peace and how the earth cries out. But let me give you the context real quickly. So the people of Israel are in exile. It's 750 years before Christ. This is the, 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 these passages in Isaiah are, are 750 years before Jesus is born, and he's, he's speaking about the days of the future, okay? In this case, he's talking about there's going to be a time when God's going to lead us out of this captivity in Babylon. And he says, are you thirsty for that? Are you hungry for God right now? The disconnect in your life. Are you aware that there's something wrong and and I need to be closer to God? And and, and that's where the people of Israel were. They were far from home. They had gotten into a bad place because their own rebellion and their own bad decisions. And, and, And he's like, if you are thirsty and you're hungry for God, guess what? You may not even have any money. He's got it covered. You don't have to worry about paying the price. See, that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is so powerful. You don't pay the check. God does. And God says, don't worry about it. But if you're hungry and you want it, receive it from me. And then verse 12, it says, if you will receive this message, you will go out. You'll move forward in your life and your relationship with God. And the fruit of that is joy and peace. And that's what you can have this Christmas. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think is really important is you and I can't afford to ignore the gauges of our life, okay? In the same way that the dashboard of your car has an oil light, an engine light, a fuel gauge, you know what I'm saying? You hear your brakes squeaking in the back end of your car, that means you need to tend to it. You don't ignore the gauges, okay? You don't just... Uh, put some other thing on in your life. Can I tell you, this is one of the things that our world is really struggling with. Our world has decided that when everything is shaking and, and when all the, 
All the gauges are saying you need to give God attention. We decided to zone out and entertain ourselves with something else. You cannot afford to ignore the gauges of your life. And so today, we wanted to just highlight seven ways we know we're empty, okay, or tired or stressed to check the gauges on your life, okay? So I'm just going to, I'm going to run through the list fairly quickly. We'll highlight some of them. Um, uh, that's Is this for the sake you? of time. <laughs> Is this you? That's a good way of looking at it. So are you physically exhausted? Are you mentally drained? Are you on sensory overload? You know, our world, we just have so much going on. I mean, you can, you can go in some places and they've got smells and lights and noises and, and you just feel like, oh, wow. All right. Christmas time can really do that to you. How about socially spent? You've had too many relationships where there's a negative relationship pulling on you and not enough adding value to you. How about creatively stuck? Mm. You know, can I tell you one? So what are we going to have for dinner? Oh, I'm just too tired to think about what we're going to have, right? That's a creatively stuck moment, isn't it? And it's because you're drained. I deal with creatively stuck a lot because I, I have to avoid that because I, I'm a creative and it's my job to be creative. Staff will come to me and say, hey, what are we doing for New Year's uh, series? And do you have any ideas on where we're headed for Easter? And I'm like, we just ate Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I love you too. Go back to your cubicle. I don't say that. All right. I don't say that. I don't say that. But you see what I'm saying? And, and, and you can feel creatively stuck, even though you're a creative person and you get energized by creativity. How about emotionally spent or spiritually empty? When I talk about spiritually empty, I mean that you haven't, you, you've been pouring out, but you've not really kind of received in your spirit. Now, sometimes you can be spiritually empty because you've been putting bad things into your spirit. You've been watching or doing things that you know are ungodly. That can, that can really, it can ruin you. At other times, we're exhausted physically, emotionally, and, and maybe some of these other areas. And because of that, we, we haven't dealt with it, and so we don't take the time to be pouring into ourselves spiritually. And so what we do is we'll just we'll watch something that's what I would call kind of neutral. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing spiritually wrong with watching funny cat videos or the Three Stooges. You see what I'm saying? But it's not going to add value to you. It's not going to lift your soul and your spirit. And see, what we're saying is, if you, if you right now feel spiritually empty, you, could, you have to put that, it would be like, you would never pour milk into the, the tank of your car that needs gasoline, would you? Mm-hmm. Milk is the protein that a human body needs, not a car. And, and what we're doing as a culture is we're putting the wrong thing in our spirits at times, and the gauge may look full because you've poured that in, but you need to know it, you can't run on that. That dog won't hunt, okay? That dog won't hunt. 
All right. I think, you know, I think for me, I don't know if you realize, but I have been taking chemotherapy this year. Now I'm taking immunotherapy. And I have experienced, I think, a check mark on every single one of those this year. And I was in a, excuse me, guys, we got to talk hair care product for just a minute. <laughs> but um, I was in a hair care product store and, because they said it was all natural. And so I, you're not allowed to have chemicals when you're taking chemicals, right? So I go in this hair care store and there's three girls, there's no one in the lobby, three girls on their phones at the checkout. And I said, hey, do you have something that might help me? They point in that direction and they say the price list is over there. So I go over there, it's a wall of stuff. And I'm like, can, is this, can I take this? What, you know, they don't want to answer my questions. They're busy doing their thing. And I said, well, how about this one? And they're like, oh, that's for thick hair. You have thin hair. And <laughs> I thought, okay, I, I think I'm just going to go. You know, people don't even know what you've been through. They have no idea where you're at and how you feel in that moment to even to stop and to pause and to say, hey, yeah, let's look at this. Let's see if that's safe for you. Let's see, you know, maybe this one's on sale. No, but it would have done no good to say, hey, I, I just needed a haircut. <laughs> that wouldn't have really solved it, would it? But you, were, <laughs> you take a moment and you recognize, okay, Lord, I guess I'm a little emotionally spent. I just need your care for me. And you know, when you're a giver, you give and you give and you give and you give. That's a good thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what God wants us to do. But there's also a time where he wants us to receive his rest and to receive his care for, for us. And I know for me personally, I've always been on the giving, giving end. But this year, I experienced your love and care because in this place, people would go that extra mile behind the smile and say, how are you doing really? you know, and talk to me. And so that is part of that rest is when we can be together, when we can love people that extra mile. That's really, really important. It helps them experience some of that rest. What you have to see is, is that when you look down through this list, okay, when you look at them all at once, just a deep breath and a pause and then a plan to get you that space that you need is vital. But to keep pushing on the gas isn't going to get you there. See, see, rest is, is an essential part of life. We, we, we now know in science, okay, you need food and water. Everybody recognizes that. But science recognizes also that you need to spend about one-third of every day sleeping at rest. Wow. You see? And, 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 and we, we have this imagination, and, and especially because we're connected, okay? We'll stay up all night long. We'll keep, we'll keep ourselves, our, and, and our mind doesn't get to shut down and let God restore our soul. The Scripture's clear on that, that God is the one that gives us rest. He's the one that restores our soul, that God is the one that nurtures you in that way, and that we have to look to Him. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. 
So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's A Year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. You know, prayer changes our lives. Prayer of agreement is powerful. Well, we're together right now. What are we waiting for? Have you asked God for a vision? Well, let's do it today. Lord, your word says that without a vision, your people perish. And God, sometimes we just go through life and we don't really see what you're doing or we haven't even asked you to show us. And so today we come before you in the name of Jesus and we ask you to open our eyes, open our ears that we might hear from you. Give us a vision. When when John had a vision from you, we got the book of Revelation. And God, he saw your kingdom and he saw what you were doing in the earth. And God, today we come before you in Jesus' name and we're saying, God, forgive us. We've been so self-centered that we haven't asked you, what is it you want to show us? And so today we say, show us, open our eyes and our ears, help us to see what you're doing in the earth. Would you show us what you're trying to bring about your purposes? Begin to cause your word to come alive in us. As we read your word today, Lord, speak to us and show us how it fits with your vision for our life, our our calling from you and, and our, our position in Christ Jesus and how it's supposed to be walked out. In, in Acts 17, it says in verses 26 and 27 that, that you put us in the times, the exact times and places that you wanted us to be so that we would seek you and hopefully find you. And so today, we know that you have us in this time and season that we might pry pray this prayer that we might ask you to give us a vision for our life. Help us to begin to see ourselves as a kingdom person, someone that lives under the authority of King Jesus. May we begin to have boldness and courage to step out and represent you every day, to share the love of Jesus, to share the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to tell our testimony and how our life has been transformed. Today, God, we're saying yes to you. We're putting our resignation on the table from our own ways. We are no longer doing that. And we're saying, yes, we take the job of following you, of serving you. Give us a vision for your kingdom, for your glory. That's our prayer for your glory. Amen. Hey, thank you for praying with me. You know, I believe prayer is powerful. We should pray first and ask questions later. And if you'd like to be a part of the prayer ministry or part of this ministry, I ask you to go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address, and we'll give you our free ebook. It's a prayer guide, a daily prayer guide right there for you every day. Be a part of the ministry of The Church Next Door and Your Next Step. Your Next Step is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us. 
and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.